0: Welcome to the Grace Church's podcast. The message you are about to hear was recorded live during our Sunday service. Follow along with the message by downloading our app, available for both Apple and Android phones. And now, for our message. Hey, we are, we're going to continue this morning in this series uh, about Advent, Christmas by Candlelight. It's been, our, it's been our goal throughout this whole month that we've been focused um, on Advent to move slowly these weeks rather than um, rushing with some Extra high energy, pressure filled uh, admonitions. It's been more chill on purpose, hopefully more relaxed, because we don't want to miss the point. As Jack said in the video, uh, um, we want to focus our hearts. By the way, if you were offended by his Boston Bruins sweatshirt, I just apologize. I heard some collective groan. I thought, well, I didn't think that would be, yeah, okay, I see some hockey fans were like, we'll, we'll have to do a better job editing, you know, maybe <laughs> blur that out or something in the future. But we don't want to rush. We do want to rest. And hopefully over these last uh, few weeks, you've been taking time to, to reflect, to focus on the hope of this season, the peace of this season, the joy of this season. I, I hope someplace in the last seven days, since last Sunday was the Joy Sunday, you had a good belly laugh. I hope that happened to you. I was, we were playing a game last Sunday night. And with a couple of the, our kids, we're around the table, and I got laughing. And, of course, I start choking and coughing because I'm laughing too hard. And in the midst of my, heart, uh, my chest hurting, and I'm wondering if I'm a heart attack, I'm thinking, this is good for me. I need to laugh like this. I'm really glad that I'm having this really intense laughter take place. So um, I hope you had a good belly laugh. But if you didn't, and if it hasn't been very peaceful, and if it hasn't been very hopeful, um, let's start again right now. We've got seven more days until we celebrate Christmas. And we can start today just slowing down and receiving the gift of Christmas by candlelight. So would you close your eyes? Can we pray together? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for just the the, the stillness of this moment to wait before you, to just breathe deeply, to exhale and to allow your peace to cover our hearts. Lord, in the next moments as we look at your word, we ask in Jesus' name that you would focus our hearts and attention on the one that we're celebrating, the one that's coming into view, the one that is arriving, Jesus our Savior. Lord, may everything else just fall away and may he be the focus. May he be exalted and lifted up and made great. We praise you, Father, and love you and we thank you for sending him. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 We're going to continue as we have been, looking at this one passage of Scripture out of Galatians chapter 4. Would you be willing again to read it with me this morning? Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 4 through verse 7. Would you read it with me? But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Very good, very good. You're gonna know this passage really, really well. The first candle on our Advent candles is the candle of hope. The passage says in verse four, at the right time, that's when Jesus came. Back then it was the right time and right now it is the right time. Jesus comes into a world of hopelessness and a world of darkness. He comes as light and he comes bringing us hope. The second candle is the candle of peace and peace is achieved because we are adopted into God's family. He frees us from slavery and he makes us his sons or his daughters. The third candle is the candle of joy. And joy, of course, as we talked about last week, is is the gladness of heart. It is the inclination to celebrate. We experience supernatural joy through the indwelling of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Remember, when we're adopted, God sends the Holy Spirit into us. And from that moment, we are able to call out to God and call him by the title that Jesus spoke to him when he was on the earth. That is the title of Abba Father. He called him Dad. He called him Daddy. And we get to relate to God with that same level of intimacy, that same level of closeness, because of the Spirit's presence in our life. And all of these three things, the the hope, the peace, the joy, and of course today we're talking about love, are ours by birth. They are our birthright. And that's gonna be increasingly important this week and in a couple weeks I'm gonna share some more about birthright. Because I don't think we think enough about this concept. So would you turn to the person next to you and say, these things are your birthright. You're doing a good job. So I have connected, this is not anything necessarily scriptural, but I have connected each of these candles, each of these traits, with one of the four verses in the section. So this week is verse 7, and I want to talk about love. So here's what verse 7 says again, I'll read it to you, it'll be on the screen. For now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child, and since you are his child, God has made you his heir. The beginning part of verse 7, Paul is referring back to what he's already talked about in verses 5 and 6. He's talking about you were a slave, but that's not your identity anymore. Now you're a child. You've been brought out of slavery. That's verse 5. Then he says, you're God's children. You're adopted. You can call him Abba Father, Daddy God. That's verse 6. But then Paul introduces a new concept. He says, because you're a child, you are also an heir. I want you to see the progression. If you're taking the notes this morning in the Grace Guide, write this down. In Jesus, this is how the progression works. In Jesus, we move from being slaves to being children to being heirs. That's how it works. When we are brought into the family of God, we move from slavery into sonship into a place of being an heir. Now, that sounds good. I like the idea of being an heir. But what does it exactly mean in the kingdom of God to be an heir? Let me share it with you. An heir is someone who receives an inheritance. An heir is someone who receives an inheritance. Not very complicated. That is literally what it means. So spiritually speaking, Galatians chapter 4, we are given a spiritual inheritance. And the idea is it's like Israel, when they were in Egypt, God brought them out by a mighty hand. He redeemed them. He brought them into a promised land. That was their inheritance. I was just reading it this past week in in Joshua. By the way, that's a... Super exciting place in Scripture where it talks about how all of the tribes got their allotments. And they go, like, these 25 towns all go to this tribe. And I can't say half of them. So I just kind of, I read it, but I, I mouth the words along until I get to the parts I understand. Because all of this area called Canaan was divided up among the 12 tribes. That was their physical inheritance. We receive a spiritual inheritance Our spiritual inheritance is that we become God's children and we get to inherit a kingdom. We get to inherit an eternity in heaven with him. Heirs are entitled to certain things. They are born with rights. They are born with privileges. They are born with blessings. They are born with benefits. And here's the key with this. Heirs receive an inheritance not because they've earned it. Turn to the person next to you and say they did not earn it. It doesn't work that way. Technically, it does not, you don't earn your inheritance. You're not good enough to get your inheritance. You don't work to get your inheritance. You're not skilled to get your inheritance. You're not deserving enough to get an inheritance. You get an inheritance because you're a descendant, because you are in the family. Jot this down if you would. Heirs based on their bloodlines. Heirs inherit based on their bloodline. This is is the way it's supposed to work. I know we see all these television shows and they make all these, but in reality, reality, that's what it is. You are inheriting something because you have the same bloodline as your parent, in particular, the bloodline of your father. An heir has the same blood as his or her father. Heirs are qualified by birth, not by worth. You see what I did there? I made that rhyme like that. Appreciate that. It's a really pastoral thing to do, you know. What a doofus. Okay, let me say... But it is an important concept, even if I made it rhyme and made it cheesy. The truth is, when you inherit something, it's because you're born into that family. It's a bloodline thing. It's not like, oh, you're going to inherit, you're my son, but you, you were good enough, or you behaved well enough, or you weren't good enough, and so now you're no longer there. the heir. The heir and the inheritance part has everything to do with who we are, not what we do. Does that make sense? Say amen if that makes sense. Okay, so we are not born into God's family initially. When you were born, you were born outside of God's family. When I was born, I was born outside of God's family. I was spiritually adopted, verses five and six, into the family of God. Christ's followers, we don't have a physical bloodline that connects us to, to God the Father, but through this transformation that Jesus works in our lives, spiritually, we actually move, as it says in those earlier verses, from slavery into sonship. And now it's like we have the blood of Jesus in us. We talk about the blood of Jesus being on us. We're cleansed by his blood. You know, that whole, the, the whole symbolism of that, that. That's what takes place. We are cleansed and brought into the family of God by the blood of Jesus. But in a very real sense, spiritually, now we have his blood inside of us as well. The Old Testament law taught that the life of the creature, the person or the animal, was in the blood. We were born outside of God, and so the physical blood in us did not connect us to the life of the Spirit. But when Jesus came and touched us, it was a a spiritual, if I can say it this way, a spiritual blood transfusion took place. And now, like the song that we sang this morning, we sang that song very much on purpose, his blood literally, in a spiritual sense, flows through our veins. We are in the family picture of love is incredible literally we become different people we look the same on the outside I mentioned this last week but when inside we are resurrected we are different people because of this blood transfusion that has taken place and here's the to me this is the best part when you're in the family of God when you're an heir when you're an heir you are not just tolerated Raise your hand if in any circumstance in your life you have ever felt like you were just tolerated. Yeah. It's a very common experience in life to feel tolerated. And frankly, it's one of the worst feelings, isn't it? Like to be in a place and you feel like the other people in that place are just kind of, they don't say it necessarily out loud. Well, sometimes they do, but most time, it's just an expression on their face or the way they make you feel. And it feels like they're saying, okay, Tim's here. Let's just pretend it's okay. He won't stay long. I know he'll leave eventually. And I'm tolerated. I hate that feeling of being tolerated. That is not what it's like when you're an heir in the family of God. You're not tolerated. To use what my friend Carrie says, you are now celebrated. You're wanted. You're not a stepchild in God's family. You're not an inclusion at the last minute. Yeah, that's okay. There's a little bit of room. There's a, there's a warm and genuine welcomeness because you're a part of the family. You have his blood flowing through your veins. It goes so far in the scriptures in the book of Romans. It actually says in verse 17 of chapter 8, it says, if we're children, then we are heirs, Galatians 4, but we're also heirs of God and co-heirs or fellow heirs or joint heirs with Jesus. Let that sink in for just a second. We're heirs, we're in the family, but we are looked at in the same way in terms of acceptance as Jesus himself is. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so that which he gets, we get a part of. We have a portion of his inheritance, which is an amazing thing to think about. We could spend the next year, just every Sunday, talking about what is our inheritance in this family of God. What do we receive as heirs? We get grace upon grace. We get full and free forgiveness. We get freedom from sin and and slavery and and the, the bondage of the law. We get the Holy Spirit as our teacher and our counselor and our encourager and our convictor. We have the, the fruit of the Spirit growing inside of our life as part of our inheritance. We get the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We get the provision of God. Uh, we get his protection. We have his power filling our lives. And it goes on and on and on and on. It, it, Peter says it this way. This is the best. This is one of the ones. It's not going to be on the screen. But this is one of the ones you want to underline in your Bible, okay? Peter says it this way in 2 Peter chapter 1. He says, his divine power has given us Everything. I'm going to read that again, and when we get to the E-word, you say it with me, right? His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything. That is what you are entitled to as an heir. Not because you're good enough, not because you behaved, not because you deserved it, not because you earned it, but because you're his. And the greatest piece of the inheritance, going back to our Advent candles, the greatest piece, I would say, especially when we're talking about this season of the year, is love. This morning when the Glovers were up here, that small family that came to do our reading, <laughs> one of their many children read this verse. I want to read it again to you. This really is an Advent passage of Scripture. First John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. It says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. That's Christmas right there. So that we might have eternal life through Him, this is real love—not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and He sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. God's love in Jesus is absolutely perfect. As His heirs, as His children, as His sons and daughters, we are a perfectly loved people. And that love that is—that is, as it says in other places in Scripture—that is shed abroad in our hearts. That love does a perfect work, and and the work that it does is broad. There's so much that it does. But as we wind this season of Advent messages down, I wanna leave you with one concept to think about. And I was praying about this earlier um, in the month and again this past week, and I feel like this is prophetically for Grace Church. I believe it's true for all believers for all at all time because it's the word of God, but I believe that this is specifically for us for right now, okay? So turn to the person next to you and say, pay extra attention now. Or you could just say, wake up. This is an important part, whatever, but... Perfect love. We receive perfect love. And one of the things that God's perfect love does is this. The love that we receive from the Father through Jesus has the power to free us from fear. All of it. Every bit of it. Because of God's love, here it is. I'm going to say it differently. You and I never have to be afraid ever about anything. And some of you are hearing me say that and you're thinking that is just crazy talk. You don't understand that, that fear is an, an everyday companion in my life. I am always afraid of something. And that is very true for some people. Even some people who know the Lord Jesus walk around day in and day out wrestling with fear. But I am telling you, according to what God's word says, according to what is our birthright in love, we never have to be afraid. He has set us free From every fear. Look on the screen. I want you to read this passage with me out of 1 John. Same chapter that I just read those two verses, those Advent verses out of. Would you read this with me? Go. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When we walk in our position as heirs of God and co heirs with Christ, we have a love saturating, filling, overwhelming our lives that enables us to be completely free of all fear. People that live like that are not afraid of getting punished. Do you know the fear of punishment? Do you remember when you were young and you did something wrong and your mother or your father said, wait till your mother or your father gets home? Do you remember that feeling? I, my dad wasn't around, so my mother said, you don't have to wait. I'm going to show you right now what's going to happen. And then I would immediately have the fear of punishment. People that are perfected by the love of God, that walk fully in the love of God, don't have to fear punishment because they understand that Jesus has already taken every punishment for us. As I mentioned last week, the wrath of God was poured out on the Son so that these sons and daughters don't have to be afraid of being punished. People that walk in the, in the perfecting love of God don't have to fear failure because Jesus has already paid for all of our failures, all of our sin. All of our, Think about it this way. On the cross, past, present, and future sin was all dealt with at one time. I don't have to be afraid of that. I don't have to be afraid of being abandoned. Jesus has made it clear that he'll never leave or forsake me, and so therefore, I'm not gonna ever be alone. And maybe the most important thing that we don't have to be afraid of is we don't have to be afraid of death. I was thinking about this um, recently recently. Because unless I live to be 102 years old, I have less Christmases in front of me than I do behind me. Isn't that an encouraging thing to think about? God bless you. You're out of here. Amen. It's a terrible thought, but I was thinking, I actually saw a friend wrote on social media. They wrote, well, I'm whatever age he was, I won't use his age, but he said, I probably got 10 or 15 Christmases left. And I thought, man, that is so depressing. A terrible way to look at life. But, I've got less Christmases in front of me, statistically speaking, than behind me. But I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Because his love has welcomed me in. And I am a son and an heir. And what comes next is even better than what's right now. So I'm looking forward to the end of those Christmases. I'm going to celebrate the one whose birthday it is in person eventually. That's pretty exciting stuff. Love destroys every power of darkness, especially fear. And it all starts, all of it starts with this little baby. Let me read something to you as I close. It says, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Jesus was born so that we could be born again. Jesus left his home in heaven so that those of us that were here on earth could eventually have a home in heaven. And Jesus took everything that hell could dish out so that his fellow heirs would never, ever have to be afraid. That is love. Would you stand with me? I, I want to do something a little unusual to close our service this, this morning. I'm still going to bless you here in just a moment, but... Um, when, you, when you left each of these last three weeks during this Advent series, during Christmas by Candlelight, um, you were given a, a journal. It was a hope journal, then it was a peace journal, then it was a joy journal. And um, this morning, we're not gonna give you a love journal. And some of you are thinking, oh, that's a bummer, I really want to fill it out. And others of you are thinking, oh, that's great, I don't feel conviction for ignoring it. So either way, you're not gonna get one this morning, but here's what you are gonna get. You're gonna get a prayer printed on a card a pre-printed prayer. And my invitation to you is this, that over the next seven days, between now and next Sunday when it's Christmas, that you would take some time, whether you have your time with the Lord early in the morning or late in the evening or maybe at midday, and that you would just be still before the Lord and you would read this prayer and you would read it from your own heart, not just read it by rote, but would read it as a prayer and would pray it from your heart. And I wanna pray it with you and over you here this morning before we close. It'll be on the screen, but if you want, I'd encourage you just to shut your eyes, listen with your ears, and open your heart, and pray this prayer with me. It says this, Father, I still my soul before you. I am grateful knowing I have moved from being a slave to being adopted and deeply loved member of your family. And I am awed when I consider that I am also an heir to every gift blessing, promise, and benefit described in Scripture. In the words of David, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Abba, Father, I rest in your hope, peace, joy, and love. I cast my care upon you and I rest in your presence And there's no place, Lord, that I would rather be. I look to Bethlehem. I look to the manger like the shepherds. I look upon God in flesh. He is the lover of my soul and my Savior and my Lord and my King. I embrace your perfect love for me. I will not be afraid. Anchor every part of my life to you my rock of ages, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. My encouragement to you is to take that prayer with you the next seven days, read it, spend some time just letting the Lord love you. One of the most spiritual things you can ever do is be quiet, that's spiritual, be quiet, be still, and let God love you. Let him embrace you. Use this prayer to help facilitate that process this week. I'm gonna bless you in a moment. Before I do, I wanna say two things. Number one is, um, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you've never accepted the, the grace of God in salvation. You've never surrendered to the Lord. There'll be one of our elders up here at the front. We love to pray with you and just help you begin that journey with Jesus. That's what it is. It's not a one-time, a one one-moment deal. It is a journey that begins and continues until you see him face-to-face. Face. And so we would love to pray with you, give you a Bible, and get you started. So if that's you, please don't leave this morning. Scripture says, today is the day of salvation. So this is always the best time is right now. So please respond this morning. Second thing is this. We're, we are having church next Sunday, as Pastor Jack said on our, our video. If you've got Family things and plans, and you're doing stuff. Please go enjoy yourself. Please, 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 don't feel pressure at all to be here because it's uh, that we're having a service. At the same time, we're gonna have a service because it's his birthday, right? It's we're gonna focus on him. And if you want to join us, it won't be a long service. But we're gonna worship him. We're gonna spend a little time in the Word. We're gonna fellowship together. Okay. So either way, know that there's freedom and grace and everything. But we're we're not as a church. We're just not gonna not meet on Christmas, even though it's on Sunday. So it is what it is. Would you close your eyes, extend your hands, and let me speak this blessing over you. Grace Church family, in this season of hope, peace, joy, and love, may your hearts be filled with him. And may you be absolutely certain to the depths of your heart that neither death nor life neither angels angels, nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's in his name I speak this blessing over you. Amen. Amen. We trust that this teaching made a difference in your life. If you'd like more information about giving your life to Jesus, email us at info at grace417.com. That's I-N-F-O at grace417.com. We pray you have a blessed day.